Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Big Sister Hotline is recorded on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty of these lands has never been ceded. I pay my respects to elders past and present. The hotline is proud to be an ongoing supporter of JIRA, an Aboriginal controlled community organisation where culture is shared and celebrated. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal and Black Lives Matter. Big Sister Hotline, how can we help? Hello, dear listeners, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. You're listening to The Big Sister Hotline, a weekly podcast offering frank, funny, and feminist advice on life, love, and whether or not you should break up with your no-good Nick boyfriend. Spoiler, we know the answer is always yes. Firstly, if you're a long-time listener of The Hotline, you'll know that each episode comes with a sort of built-in content warning for potentially triggering content. Patriarchy is a shit show, people, and none of us come out unscathed. We try to tackle these issues with heart and humour, understanding, of course, that these are the things that bond women together most resiliently, but, you know, go gently. And something, of course, that many of us have bonded over is the absolute hellscape that is dating men, and that's where this week's guest comes in. I couldn't be more excited to welcome her to the show. She's a content creator, a playwright, and also the mother-loving genius behind the Instagram account, Tinder Translators, which, if you are not following, you should be. And here is where she sets about decoding the douchebaggery of modern dating apps and smashing the patriarchy one eviscerated bio at a time. Aileen Quinn, welcome to the hotline. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be yeah. here. Yeah, I'm very excited, in fact. Let's talk about the translators. Let's talk about how you started it, mm-hmm. what prompted it, what drives you to keep delivering it, aside from the fact that it's enormously popular and everyone begs for it. Well, I started it, I was on Tinder. I was I was married for, well, I was with my ex for nine and a half years. And then so kind of, you know, passed by all the dating app stuff, or actually didn't pass it by, looked upon it with scorn, poured scorn on it, <laughs> everything that's wrong with the world, and then separated and was like, better get on Tinder. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> So that's good. And then, you know, immediately Will's presented with the kind of quagmire that is modern dating and dating apps, uh, you know, which is sort of 50% just fully dull and then sort of 40% gross and 10% maybe fun sometimes. <laughs> and um, I I was on them for a while. I think when I first went on them, I would send my friends screenshots of my conversations I think I spent quite a lot of time trying to educate men as to how to not be total douchebags, which was, was you know, energy I didn't need to spend. Um, and uh, 
and it amused me greatly. And then I don't, it must have been, I must have been single, like, so on and off them. I mean, I definitely have deleted and downloaded again Tinder 7,000 times probably. Um, uh, I just, I notice trends. I'm, I'm into language. I write in lots of different ways. Um, one of the first plays I co-wrote with my dad actually was about uh, uh, a sort of like short play about um, a PR company trying to rebrand war um, because I was thinking about, I think it was one of the times that the UK was debating whether to bomb Syria like we do, you know, classic UK bants about which Middle Eastern country should we bomb next? Um, but there was like all this language which was like um, whether or not to um, do airstrikes or boots on the ground. And I was like, I feel like they used to be called bombing and invasion. But when did that change? And I just felt like somebody was there going, uh, yeah, it seems a bit, oh, can we think of a better word? And then so that kind of came came about from that that, that idea. And, and I think there's really similar, I noticed that there was really similar language on dating apps, like um, just looking for some fun, which means I just want to fuck Hi. you and have no, no emotional um, interactions. Maybe like have a chat with you and a drink, but only if you're just going to laugh at my jokes and then we fuck obviously um and you can be a bit funny but not too much um but anyway um and just loads of stuff there's so many i do one of the things i do on tinder translate is is like tinder translation 101 where i kind of translate stock phrases so i do people who haven't seen my account i translate bios people send me bios i translate them as in i make i write what the actual meaning of behind them is um and also just sort of yeah what I call stock phrases so looking for some fun or um not looking for anything serious or um want it want to date and see what happens I love that one because that it what it means is like want to date for as long as you'll let me have the girlfriend experience without having to actually put any of the kind of boyfriend effort in <laughs> so for as long as you'll come to my, like as long as you'll come to my house and have sex with me and maybe we'll go out for tea sometimes um but that you won't require anything emotionally of me or challenge me on on anything um is what that means i can't i mean I've, it's on my that one's on my um profile somewhere anyway but oh, i could talk about it all day but um well, this is one of my favorite ones just to interrupt quickly this is one of my favorite ones mm -hmm. um someone who doesn't take themselves too seriously Yes, yes. I did that one quite recently, actually. I can't remember exactly what I put, but it was, ba you know, basically what that means is like somebody who isn't like confident enough to challenge me on anything really is what that means. Or yeah. say, Jesus was just a joke or like, please have a sense of humor, which is all part of the same spectrum of like, oh, God, like, just stop being so serious. Um and uh yeah so definitely yeah um doesn't take themselves seriously means like yeah like i i don't want you to have any kind of value or belief systems you hold fast to and therefore hold me to basically um so all those kind of things but i was on i was on the apps for quite a long time before i started tinder translator and it it's a, it does wear you down because of and i kind of forget because i because I mostly focus on the grossness and the sort of like horrible cheating men or like the, the very like 
obviously and less obviously misogynistic stuff that's on there um but there's also just loads of just really dull conversations and stuff and just like oh god it's just i don't want to do this um and i think i don't know i i, I was thinking about this um come to come you know coming on here like how did i what when was what what happened that i was like right i'm going to start this thing but i just remember you know thinking about the language and the way people use it and the way that we all kind of know what things mean um and then sometimes we don't know and then we find out by dating people who've said that and actually it's not what they meant they meant something else um and i was like oh do you know what would be so funny to do like a translation thing and i when i thought of it i was like well someone's doing this already surely like this can't be just my idea and i went on to instagram and had a look and i was like oh my god no one's doing it so just went right well i'm gonna do it then um and sort of started from there yeah I am the person and um yeah at first was just it I, I don't want to say like it was like therapy for me because I hate when people say that about stuff that isn't therapy like go to therapy don't like be like oh like make translink translating tinder bios is my therapy no it's not but um it was very therapeutic pardon yeah yeah definitely and it was so first of all I was using just once I mean I could go on tinder and swipe on you know 30 profiles and I'd find three to at least um three absolute you know just awful things that I could sort of translate or whatever so at first I was just doing it screenshotting stuff that I was looking at and then translating it um and then people started d you know I sort of said dm me dm me or worst I think is how I put it people started sending me them and then obviously as it's grown I get sent a lot now um people people that i speak to who i know especially people who haven't experienced dating apps themselves like there's just so many and like yeah there are so many bad tinder bios and 95 percent of them that i get sent no 98.5 percent of them that i get sent are cis men um but um yeah so i kind of just started doing it and then I am actually in a relationship, um, which I don't really mention. I mean, because I love it when trolls come onto my page and they're like, uh, no wonder you can't find anyone to love. Um, and I don't say, actually, I have someone to love, so fuck off, because it's none of their business and I am not, that is not part of what validates me. So you can, you don't, and he, yeah, it's not, I just rather say stuff like, thanks. I love that you say that because, you know, when I was in a relationship, uh, I was in a long-term relationship for seven years and it was coincided with sort of, I guess, the the major growth of my um, like professional career as a feminist. And I never used to talk about him publicly because, you know, people, if people want to throw shit at you and troll you and you would have this experience, you can deal with that for yourself. But I feel I feel like I've always wanted to protect the people in my life from having to do that as well. But I also share that same thing of like I never wanted to have the presence of a man in my life to validate me in front of people who would otherwise, I mean, they would have found something else to criticise me about, but criticise, that's such a generous word, they would have found other things to be like reprehensible monsters of human beings about. But you know, once they found out that I had a child, the the 
things that people have said are just like yeah fucking disgusting you know that the levels of graphic fantasy that they want to go into to like sexually degrade and dehumanize women is just unfathomable except it's very fathomable um but i always hated when people would either you know on my behalf or i would see them doing it about themselves defend that position you know when people came and said oh well like i can tell you're single or whatever it might be so say someone said that to me on my Facebook page or whatever. Oh, well, no wonder you're single and no wonder you hate men. No men want to touch you, blah, blah, blah. As if like the only thing that validates or, you know, um, improves women's happiness is the presence <laughs> of men in our lives, which could not be further further from the truth. And sometimes people would come and say, well, actually she's, and they would make the mistake of saying I was married mm. just because I happened to have a child or because I lived with this person, you know, well, she's married. Or they'd say, well, you know, why don't you go and tell that to her husband or her boyfriend or whatever? And I always thought, like, let them believe that I'm single. I don't give a fuck if they think that I'm single or not. I'd rather that they think that I'm single because it's none of their business. That further protects the person in your life from their bullshit. But also, like, this should not be – we need to really break out of this response that we have. And I understand why women do it. But And it's not just in this scenario. It's in everything where men want to undermine our humanity and want to undermine our rights for political freedom and equality. Like don't meet them at their, you know, don't meet them at their playing field. Don't meet them by their rules. (laughs) My favourite thing to do is pretend that I've misunderstood what they're saying and be like, Oh my god! This guy was like, "Well, this is sexist on my on my post, like like yesterday or something." And I was like, "It is, thanks." Like, as in, he was saying I was sexist, but I was saying something else was sexist. I like how you say, you know, when people come in with their typical like, "Oh, well, you know, not all men, etc." I like how you yeah. saying the not all is silent in this. Kind of wrap their head around women who are funny and who use humour to dismantle patriarchal ideas and sexism and to even point it out or even to just like basically satirical about the whole thing because men who get upset about that kind of thing, and you're right, like they're typically cishet men, they're typically white, um, they're so used to being at the centre of the story and so used to never having themselves be the butt of the joke having their whiteness, their cisness, their heterosexuality be the butt of the joke. So they actually can't wrap their head around it when it's happening. So they hear you say, they hear me say things like, well, all men should be sent to the bottom of the sea in a cage. And they're like, the worst <laughs> hate speech I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, could you definitely mean that. Definitely mean exactly how you, you couldn't possibly have the kind of sophistication of thought to be using hyperbole or humour in order to, you know, process the trauma, you know, like, I mean, it's just, you know, that's beyond us, isn't it? And it's so funny how seriously they take that kind of stuff when, um, yeah, actually, I think you, because you, you responded to something and I responded to you and this guy kind of came into, into our exchange and I was like, do you fucking know who you're dealing with here? Like, and neither of us actually bothered with him, which I was thought was the best thing, really. I think I actually said something like, I often say, also often say, thanks for your feedback, um, because they just don't know what the fuck to do with that. Um, but yeah, like to say, so, you know, I, you know, you can't tar all men with the same brush, blah, blah, blah. I'll sometimes say, yeah, when I say men, the not all is silent. I actually got that from, I can't remember what the tweet was 
whether it was about Black Lives Matter or it was about not all men, but it was basically like the as well in Black Lives Matter is silent. It's implied. Black Lives Matter as well. And the not all in men is silent. Okay, so when we say like men are trash, but not all silent. Um, my boyfriend understands that. I can say to him men are trash. Yeah. And he'll kind of go, hmm. yeah, you know, um, uh, that sound might not translate into a podcast. Yeah. It was a, a look of like, yeah, fucking hell. Um, but uh, the, yeah, like for me to say, no, I love men. I, you know, I have a son and I have a boyfriend and I love my dad. Um, it's a bit like a sort of weird inverse way of men saying that they are, of course, that they care about women because they have a wife and daughter. I'm a, I'm a father, so of course I care about women. I like care about women because you're human. Like, and um, I don't like men because patriarchy, not because I don't love any of them, um, or I'm angry at the patriarchy, which is a, a different thing from individual men, but also corresponds to to them, which is weird um, and very hard for people to understand, as in men <laughs> to understand sometimes. Um, but all of all of this energy that men expend on, you know, protesting mm. feminist satire, or even even when it's not satire, pro- protesting feminist rage that's based on actual dehumanising and violent behaviour that women are subjected to by men day in and day out, all of that energy that they spend protesting that, that they could actually take to their fellow men who they claim to be not all of mm. us are like that most of us are good yeah. and decent it's like well what are you doing barry where's your fucking priorities yeah and i always feel like i remember when i was in uni i was in the women's rights society it was a bit you change it to women's rights because at first it was the women's society and I felt like that sounded a bit wi-ish so and um you know we'd have stalls at freshers fairs or whatever and men would come up to us, or boys really, because they were sort of 18 and go, like, why isn't there a men's society? And we were like, start one if you want one. Like, we're, we're not going to start it. Like, this is what we're mm. doing. Or like, and so, you know, people come into my page and say, like, well, women say this too. And I'm like, cool. You send me their profile. Yeah, like, send me their profile. I mean, I'm open to you sending me awful women profiles. They don't exist to the same extent on any scale like and any man who okay. actually enjoys my content and follows me who especially any heterosexual man will you know there's someone in my comments today being like when i was on tinder you know the worst i'd get was just sort of a few kind of annoying things on women's bios and when i would look at my friends my heterosexual female friends you know um tinder profiles and like swipe through i'd be like fuck he said it was like it kind of radicalized him actually this guy and I was just like I feel like maybe this should be required reading mm. because I've had too many conversations with men on dating apps about that they're like it's really hard for men on here and what they man it mean is um not every woman on here will fuck me like that's basically what they mean well or even more than that that they have to swipe a hundred women in order mm-hmm. to get two women to swipe back on them that is yeah. that's literally the definition hard for them we have to like put the we have to put the fishing yeah. line out a hundred times and only get a couple of nibbles and like that's really uh, yeah. hard for us women are like oh i'll be threatened with rape if i um say mm-hmm. that i don't like the way this guy is talking yeah. to me oh get yeah. over it you know get over it. god forbid that you know you live in a in a fat body or a 
a body that's not white or whatever because you'll get all I mean yeah. I did a thing quite a while ago where I just got women of color to sort of share some of their if they wanted to and felt that they could share some of the stuff that goes on for them on dating apps and you know the fetishization um, and the kind of really gross dehumanizing stuff I mean one woman there's a there's a really great uh, account quite a small account at the moment actually called brown girl dating which is I think she tells a story of a guy who like they fucked and then he said something like oh I've not had a brown girl before you know something like that like she's like okay leave my house right now you know um or one of my friends uh her account's mm. 30 something single it's great she talks about basically men will chat to her and as soon as she challenges them they'll be like anyway you're fat and ugly and she's just like well first of all I am fat yeah but she's like yeah I am fat what's that's I mean that was that was evident when you swiped right I'm also very attractive um fuck off but it's like a kind of yeah that is a cla I mean obviously just attack anyway I wasn't attracted to you anyway now that you've now that you've rejected me I'm, anyway I thought you were and obviously that's the worst thing that could, I could say to you um but yeah it's uh yeah it's awful and it's interesting because I mean obviously we know that one of the the go-to methods that a lot of men uh -huh. use to deal with rejection is to lash out the incredibly hostile in very misogynistic ways, um, which only just exposes their own insecurities. But obviously it's still very hurtful when you're on the receiving end of it and it takes a long time, uh, you know, for you to get to the point mm -hmm. where it doesn't bother you. I think it wouldn't really bother me now, but that's because I've got, I've, I've had yeah. to develop such resilience to that language. Whereas if I didn't have the overwhelming onslaught of abusive messages that I've received years and I was dating now on apps and someone said that to me, I'd be shocked and I'd be really hurt and it would be fucking awful if I was 24 and dealing with it. So we know that that all happens. But what I find extra specially pathological, like diabolically bad behaviour, is the screenshots that you see of women the screenshots where men have swiped on women and not lashed out when they've been rejected, but swiped on them just to tell them that they find their body objectionable or that they find them unattractive. Or I can't wrap my head around what kind of mentality you need to have to be like a human living in the world and moving through the world. And presumably these people also have some relationships in their life, like familial ones or platonic ones or whatever, where someone at least considers them to be a good person, that they would have the confidence to go and, and say something like that. Like what the hell is going on in? Well, I mean, I'm sure there is some, there are exceptions that prove the rule, I'm sure. But in terms of what kind of entitlement, well, not even entitlement, how important do you think your opinion is that, you need to give it to someone who hasn't asked, not only hasn't asked you for it, you've never met, you don't know. And like, what, yeah, like what is going on in your mind that you're like, that person's not attractive to me and they should know that. Like what, I, the audacity <laughs> is, is, is crazy. And I mean, there's also, there are all these kind of outwardly misogynistic, very very obviously horrible things that go on on dating apps, uh, especially for heterosexual women. But there are also all these kind of like slightly subtler, like the men I tend to match or attended to match and got talking to would be left-leaning, sort of like slightly intellectual, maybe kind of uh, have a, you know, 
the kind of guy who might put sapiosexual on their um on their profile and then and then <laughs> realized that I was actually more intelligent than them and they didn't mean that obviously that would be that was that's too te- intelligent that's not sexy um but they would they wouldn't be that kind of not like aggressively or openly misogynistic but there was still so much there is still so much misogyny and I think the profiles that that I end up enjoying like translating the most are the ones that are kind of posturing as you know I'm like I'm like a really woke guy and like but and I just need somebody who's like going to understand me and be on the same wavelength as me and like you know like I'm really like turned on by uh, intelligent women and like blah 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 and like there's certain things that you can just once you've read it enough times and also been on dates with this man who is there are millions of them you just know that that's not Mm. what you mean like you don't mean you mean oh like you've I I just did a sort of retranslation of sapiosexual and actually I I was listening to your the last podcast you had with um, Gemma Carey you're talking about sort of like men who say or even maybe think they want intelligent women um but actually ended up breaking you down and and they're kind of undermining you and I, I've always said this for, for years that when a guy says like they want a funny intelligent woman what they actually mean is that they want someone who's funny enough that they get their jokes and laugh at them um and that they you know they amuse them but not so funny that they're funnier than me like I don't want to be it's not so funny that they can hold a room at a party while I stand quietly next to them. No, no, no. Um, I want someone who's intelligent enough that I can have convers- the conversations I want to have with them. Um, and that who, yeah. I- they will marvel at my incredible insight. Yeah, absolutely. And that they, they're intelligent enough to get how intelligent I am. Yes. Um, and that, that, you know, that's what they, like, they, they need to, be kind of doe-eyed intelligent so it's like oh my god yeah so like maybe have a few like we'll have some sort of back and forth but at the end of the day you're going to acquiesce to my point of view because obviously I know more than you even though you know I don't and so when it gets to the stage of like and I've even had guys who are like I want a girl who challenges me and then and then they have me and I challenge them all the fucking time and they're like not like that oh no yeah like not like that I just want somebody who's like occasionally like flirtily disagrees with me but then sucks my dick so you know but also like <sighs> loves beer mm-hmm. and loves steak and you know just yeah isn't like other girls which I loved your post about like, I'm not like other girls like the way <sighs> that men use that you're not like other girls or the way mm-hmm. you've kind of culturally been fed this idea that to achieve the status as a woman of being considered to be not like other girls is like this incredibly aspirational thing which is so fucked up and it takes so many of us so long to actually break out of it because we're conditioned particularly in adolescence into this idea that we need to differentiate ourselves from other women and it's part of patriarchy's method and and tools and I've said this so many times in the podcast but the patriarchy thrives by bonding men together in brotherhood and by separating women from each other because if women work together and if women have solidarity and sisterhood then we are a force to be reckoned with and patriarchy can't have that so it needs us to believe that the best kind of woman we can aspire to be is one that is not like any other woman because other women are of course yeah and I mean like you asked me about half an hour ago why I continue to do Tinder Translator and I think the thing that surprised me about it or I mean it's not that surprising when I think about it but what I 
didn't necessarily expect is the amount of women who've messaged me being like it just makes me feel less alone in this dating mm. quagmire um it's like oh my god like yeah yeah exactly that like you know so many people uh message me being like this oh my god this is this so accurate this is you know because once we've all been in there for a while we know what these things mean and we know what these people are like but we still kind of want to find a person um so we kind of still like swimming through the shit of tinder or mm. bumble or whatever and um yeah and that's really nice and i think it does create a sort of a sense of solidarity um mm. that um that is dangerous to the patriarchy that the the idea of a shared experience of discrimination and being able to verbalize that and seeing that that is um a common experience across people who share part of your identity um is really powerful and it's it no wonder it pisses uh, men off you know um you know it comes back to the margaret atwood quote that men are afraid women are afraid that men will kill them and men are afraid that women will laugh at them and it's only really been in in recent years i would say that on mass because of the advent of social media and the growth of social media that on mass women have been able to demonstrate not just their anger and fury about the tra- their treatment at the hands of men living under a patriarchy, but also their incredible fucking humour about mm. it together, you know, that we can mm. collectively come together as a force of people and we can not just be angry but we can also laugh at men and I think that that yes. is the most threatening thing to them. That Absolutely. And it's a really powerful thing to, that, that you can give to women to say, you will see your experiences in this. So all of the gaslighting that you have enacted upon yourself that patriarchy has taught you to do to yourself will Mm -hmm. slowly begin to be stripped away because you'll realise you're not actually the only person with these experiences but that other women, or in fact almost every woman you know, has gone through it too. But also you can like have cathartic fucking laughs about it. Yeah, absolutely. And you need that. And, you know, just people, yeah, it's like, recognizing the truth in things and that they aren't fun actually but that doesn't mean that we can't fucking laugh about them and and also that we can't rise above it in some way or other i mean yeah and like the i don't ha- i don't i try not to explain like this is comedy this is satire don't get so fucking het up about it um but like i always think of um the account awards for good boys um mm. i don't know if you yeah and like hey. she's got this this thing that she says she's like it's called branding alan she had this one conversation in her dms a long time ago with some guy who was like everything you say is just the same thing over and over again she was like it's called branding alan <laughs> <laughs> and she's i think she's got like stickers that say it now and stuff but it's like right. it's that thing of like well we need to say this over and over again because it continues to be true and it continues to be funny because it continues to be true and yeah maybe i am making the same joke over and over again but i tell you what like the same thing is happening over and over again and we need to be able to identify the the sameness <laughs> i mean that's not a word but like the the thread the common threads in these things um that might actually seem quite different like the guy who says like no fat chicks might seem quite different from the guy who says i'm looking for someone who looks after themselves but actually they're the fucking same and we need to Mm -hmm. be able to like call that shit out um and 
and laugh at them and be like, yeah, we're stripping you of your, like, your clothes. The emperor has no clothes. We can see through you. Um, obviously, the emperor wasn't transparent, but, you know, well, <laughs> I won't extend that metaphor any further. Speaking mm-hmm. of solidarity amongst women, shall we get to the questions? Let's do it. Yeah. Please note my disclaimer in very big flashing lights that neither I nor Aileen are doctors, counsellors or professionally trained sex therapists. We're just two women who've got a little thing called life experience and who love to tear into shreds in the Coliseum of the internet. Unicorn Hunter says, I'm a 36-year-old single mother. I was with my husband for 15 years and have been separated for two and a half years. I've done a lot of work in therapy and by myself, and I'm now feeling like I'm ready to date again. But I'm pretty sure that being a feminist is completely incompatible with being in a relationship with a cis man. And I'm sure I don't need to tell you that being on Tinder is a soul-destroying parade of the worst the patriarchy has to offer. Now that I have some more awareness, all I can see everywhere is men shitting on women. I see it in my friends' relationships, in micro and macro aggressions on Tinder, in the workplace, in my family, in the media, in politics. It's a bit like saying that girls need to see women in positions of power to know that they can do it too. I literally cannot see a single heterosexual relationship that I would want to emulate. Let me offer the caveat that I know that no one really knows the ins and outs of a relationship except the people who are in it. But if what I see publicly is poor, I doubt that it's better behind closed doors. How the hell am I supposed to navigate dating when it feels like I'm looking for a magical golden unicorn? Aileen Quinn. Well, from our previous conversation, you will not be surprised to know that I can relate to this feeling. Um, Yeah, one thing I want to say, first of all, is like, good on you for being single for two and a half years, I think, and doing work on yourself and... uh, and then feeling ready to get into dating. I mean, I I think it depends on the circumstances of your separation and stuff like that. But I dove in and I think I had to kind of learn from experience of fuckboys, which I hadn't had before in the same way because internet mm-hmm. dating has changed everything. Um, so, like, just feel like that was a really strong putting yourself first wise move to kind of really just take that time for yourself um that she did i um yeah i can't remember exactly how she put it but the kind of the worst of the patriarchy uh being you know sort of a a tinder exhibition of the worst of the patriarchy is basically why i started tinder translators and i did it mostly to sort of just make my my experience a bit more enjoyable because at least if I swipe through thousands of horrible misogynistic pieces of bullshit I could go oh it's good good content there so you know um but yeah so I totally get it and I think that the thing of I don't know like she says ready to get back into dating so I don't know if she's had any you know any like sexual encounters or whatever in the last two and a half years but because she's talking about relationship I imagine that what she means is you know, sort of with a view to maybe finding a partner or boyfriend. I would say, and I think it probably sounds like she's definitely closer to there than a lot of women, um, is like maybe reframe or just be very clear about what it is that you want. So you know what you don't want because you can see it and you're like, I don't want that. I don't want that. Um, But there's obviously something 
that she wants to to get out of dating um make sure there is something you want because it might just be that people are like isn't it about time you know yeah, it's about time um but there probably yeah. is something it might be companionship it might be sex it might be just like some fun nights out and be really clear with yourself in what you want and then don't entertain anything that's not that so if you want so I sort of yeah. think I was I was just oh annoy myself when I remember but you know I just sort of acquiesced to men and I think when I definitely when I first went on tinder oh sorry definitely when I first went on tinder I um was I wanted uh, affirmation from men because obviously that's the only reason way I could feel like an attractive woman couldn't be my female friends telling me that I was beautiful and strong and amazing mm -hmm. that doesn't count for anything I needed a sleazy guy on tinder to tell me but I mean I wouldn't have expressed it like that there was definitely an element of that um and that was partly because of how I was treated how my husband treated me at the end of our marriage and they had an affair so there was a kind of whole like I want to feel like an attractive woman um mm. but yeah I think that I kind of went through the process that she's probably gone through but I was dating at the same time and then at some point probably like the third sort of fuckboy who I sort of just allowed to uh I, I allowed to have too much of me I suppose um uh, and then go oh I don't really want a relationship after a few months I was like this is shit and I keep pretending to myself that I'm okay with what modern dating is um and I'm not I don't that's not what I like I don't like to date m multiple people at the same time I don't want to you know see someone for a few months and then stop I, I either want a one night stand or a relationship that's what I want <laughs> I want sex that's uncomplicated and mm. nothing let's let, be clear about what it is or I want somebody who wants something more and I think that when you have that clarity in your head that can help um yeah it is I also think like don't pedestal the guy too much that that is like that gets above the bar of the low bar we set for men he's not a unicorn he's just as it should be um and like yeah okay that he mm. might be rare but mm. there's a few things that uh kind of leapt out at me from reading this letter from this beautiful little sister and the first is that she's 36 and she's been single for two and a half years, but she was with her husband for 10 years, which means that they got together in her late teens. She's also said she's done a lot of work in therapy and by herself, uh, which, by the way, congratulations, therapy is amazing, good for you. But it leads me to think that there was uh, this, there was some unresolved issues, as there always are at the end of a relationship, but that potentially he did her wrong or potentially he mind her or you know broke her down or wore her down in some way or you know perhaps even something more kind of overtly serious than that um or overtly pinpointy than that um, so I think that part of what I imagine is going on here is not just looking around and seeing like the shit storm of the way that men are constantly fucking enabled to treat women. And it and I am 100 percent with this little sister. It is repulsive. It is, it is disgusting the way the actual audacity men move through the world uh, in and the way that they feel entitled to treat women who are 
immediately better than they are. Almost every man is dating a woman or married to a woman who is 10 times better than he is. That's just a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly women who, you know, on the whole manage and bear the emotional and mental load in a way that they just not even can conceive of, but it can't even be bothered imagining. They don't, um, yeah, they've not considered it, not let alone yeah. can conceive of it. They just, it's not even registered yeah. for them. Yeah. So there's that. So there's what she's seeing out in the world, mm. but there's also probably issues of trust that and 100%. baggage that she's carrying with her from, you know, this marriage. She says that she's a single mother, so she's caring for children as well, um, mm. potentially navigating some fuckwit guy that isn't pulling his weight where the children are concerned. If that is not the case, little sister, that I apologise. Perhaps he is like a really great hands-on dad. But in my experience, a lot of people say that. And, again, it's another credit that men get to their names when they don't deserve it. So I feel like what – I feel like you're right. Like what she wants is the the kind of I- idealised fantasy that we're all conditioned into throughout our childhood and adolescence, you know, where um, there's a writer called Zorn Villanus on Facebook and she does a lot of really incredible feminist posts about marriage and motherhood and partnerships and the domestic workload and stuff. And she is just like no bullshit. Um, You know, she's not, she doesn't take that approach of like, here's how to get your man to help around the house. She's just like, this is bullshit. Um, So look her up. But one of the things, one of the posts that she made recently, which I loved, was her saying, essentially, we need to start being honest with girls about marriage and what it actually means. Because the reason we have to sell them the lie of it is because if you told them the truth, that what if there is this institution that you could enter into that would shorten your life expectancy, that would increase your unpaid labor, that would decrease your sexual pleasure, that would uh, make you responsible for the emotional well-being of another adult human who never like acknowledged the work that you were doing for them. And that institution mm. is called marriage. Why don't you get into it, girls? Then, of course, we'd all be like, that sounds <laughs> fucking ridiculous. I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. Why would I want to do yeah. that? So instead it has to be sold to us in this way that, like, the only way that you can be happy as a woman is to get married, find a man who wants to marry you, who wants to leave, like, the allure of bachelorhood because, you know, that's the other thing as well that, like, men were told that, you know, marriage and partnership is somehow like uh-huh. anathema to a man's happiness and it's the one thing that we want and need so we're just depicted as running around and trying to trap them into it to you know get them under the thumb and pin them down but actually the truth is that men need marriage men need women doing yeah. all of their fucking work for them they need women doing the emotional labor for them and women are disadvantaged by it mm-hmm. in almost every single way so i think that like we need to acknowledge that as a society. We need to tell girls the truth about marriage and even just, you know, long-term domestic heterosexual relationships um, or partnerships with men. You know, not everyone who yeah. is in a relationship with a man is heterosexual, um, me included. Um, but in this, in terms of this little sister as well, like one of the things, and maybe you've done this in therapy, dear unicorn hunter, but one of the things that, maybe you can address as well as, is as you said, Aileen, what is it that you want? Are you still chasing, when you say you're chasing a unicorn, is the unicorn a single man or is the unicorn the idealised fantasy life where you still on some level feel like 
you have failed in some way because you haven't landed this magical relationship. But exactly as you said, all of the relationships that you see depicted around you are not that either. No. You know, women are pretending that they're in better situations than they are. Often to themselves as well. Mm, um, you have to. Yeah. Why would you? Otherwise, why would you be there? I definitely was in my marriage, and um, it left me with a lot of trauma. In, there wasn't any. There was there was a lot of gaslighting uh, at the end. Um, basically, an affair followed by a month or so of it's really hard to be married to you, and that's why I'm unhappy. And then, uh, oh, by the way, I had an affair type thing. Um, but obviously, I'm a fucking delight. Um, so yeah, but. I think that I definitely did take that into sort of just my insecurities took it into the dating world. And when I was able to find someone to be in a relationship with, um, that was after I'd come to the realisation, um, courtesy in the words of Queen Lizzo, courtesy of Queen Lizzo, uh, that I'm my own soulmate. Um, and so I, I I knew I wanted I I quite wanted a relationship and that was okay that's okay to want that that's fine but it, mm. it wasn't because I needed to be completed or because that would make me happy if I could just get we all and this is a human condition thing if I could just get that then I'll be happy if I could just get that mm. and one of the big things especially for women is if I could just get a nice man then I'll be happy if you're not happy you're not happy babe wherever you go there you are so um for me i had this amazing summer of feeling great listening to if 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 you haven't listened to because i love you by lizzo 17 times a day for some part portion of your life then i recommend that you go and do that uh unicorn chaser but yeah this song i mean i walk around my house my boyfriend's house singing like look up in the mirror like damn she's the one you know he knows he knows the deal i'm my own soulmate He's the lovely person to have in my life. Um, and once you reposition the the relationship you're looking for is not the central completion of everything, but a nice, a lovely, nice thing that will hopefully bring you lots of joy and pleasure and fun and like and companionship mm. and support. Great. Like, absolutely. I'm not settling for anything that's not any not that. But that actually is an augmentation of your life. And that you're fine without it, which I think the fact that she has been single for that long, it could be for many reasons. But the, the, the fact that she's been to therapy, I mean, obviously, it could be for some horrible, horrendous trauma that we don't know about. But also there is a valuing of yourself in the fact that you put invest that time and potentially money, depending on whether I don't know what healthcare service she lives in um, into kind of processing your trauma and feeling like coming home to yourself and especially yeah I was my relationship with my ex started when I was 22 so sort of like hadn't been an adult without him but and I was I you know had a baby and I did it all earlier we got to marriage at 25 too young too young um especially for him um but you do lose yourself especially if you get if you're in a relationship if you're in your teens which I hadn't quite clocked um you're right she must have been in her teens trying to work out who you are um mm. is is a massive part of it and 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 without knowing that you can't know who you want to be with um because like you, yeah I mean I I used to say 
when I finally get in a real proper relationship again, it's going to be with someone who knows what they've got when they've got me. Um, because mm. I'm, because I'm a, I'm a treat. Um, and I do feel like that. Um, uh, but if I hadn't found that, um, I wouldn't have settled for anything. I, I would be happily mm. still single and that, you know, people want relationships and that's fine. But I think, yeah, what you say about is she, what she's chasing here is, is a really important thing. Like, are you? I just want to clarify that I I'm not down on anyone wanting to have a relationship oh, no. at all. I get it? You know, I I understand wanting to have companionship. Um, I I think that you know what you're saying about being the love of your own life echoes what Salma Alwadani said on the podcast a few weeks ago, where she was like, she said, "I'm the main event. I'm the love of my own life." And I'm the main event in my life. And, you know, relationships can come and go and I may be with someone for mm-hmm. years, but I'm always going to be the main event in my life. And, of course, that yeah. doesn't mean that you can't, like, compromise or, you know, give and take and build something with another person. But I think that a lot of men are yeah. able to enter into relationships with women and still treat themselves as the main no. event because they've just always assumed that they are. And they also assume that the woman in their life will – agree that they are the main event and it it takes a lot of unlearning for us as women mm. to come to that realization about ourselves and that you know we can we can have yeah. that companionship and we can have those soulmate experiences yeah. with people who are not who we're not in sexual relationships with they may not be as alluring or satisfying in the moment of course like we're all drawn to the idea of like falling in love with someone and or well m- most of us are f- drawn to that idea um, but the important thing is that, you know, if you're mm-hmm. looking for someone to be a part of your life, I like what you say about like they have to augment your life. They can't be the person to complete your life or to bring you happiness. They have to just add to your happiness. Mm-hmm. And if they're not adding to your happiness, then you got to let them go. Yeah, and that needs to be you for them as well. You know, mm. they need to be in a place where they're content. Um, because otherwise they will and they will require of you mm. to complete them and that's also something that you can't do so you know um and that is that is a rare place for people to be at actually and perhaps especially men because they're taught that we are there to mm. in some way or another service their needs um and yeah and and so much of what we do for them is invisible i mean i know you know my my ex is my my kid's dad, and uh, he is a really good dad, actually. Um, it's funny you say about that, though. Like people used to say to me, "It's so good that he still wants to be involved." Like, no, it's, it's just as it should be. We were married and planned to have a baby together, and then we had a baby. It's, it's just literally as it should be. That is all it is. Nobody has ever said to him, "It's so good she still wants to be involved." You know, it's just never happened. But anyway. Men's rights activists always love to go on about how feminism is stealing children from fathers. Uh. You know, that there are all of these aggrieved men out there whose kids have been taken away from them and that, you know, these women, these horrible, venal women are just keeping them from their children. And yet at the same time, like we live in a system that has no problem saying, are you really lucky that he still wants to be involved in the child's mm. life? Like the expectation is that men don't want to be involved. And so yeah. why don't men, rights activists ever fucking take that up? Yeah. And I mean, a lot of the people who've said that to me 
have had absent fathers and I get that that's where it's coming from mm. I get that they're like oh isn't it good because my father didn't do that but again it's like yeah but like why is that why is he the bar let's 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 raise that bar shall we but um yeah I, I mean I when we broke up there was a lot of stuff where he was like I feel like our relationship is all about you um which basically meant that in the last few years of our relationship I had found self-love and could assert my needs Ugh, what a bitch um, so I so there was a lot of that you know it's all about you blah 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 um and I was like I, I was like you know when you're being gaslit you have to sort of really stay strong in your well not even I mean that's not possible that's probably a bad, a bad wording but when you're being gaslit there's a bit of you that always has to go like is this true is this true and luckily I was in a very strong psychological place but I remember listing doing a, like a, a margin list of like all the things he did because he did do things he, he wasn't you know the, uh, the division of labor in our household was actually quite equal so obviously to him it felt like he did everything because when we broke up he acknowledged to me like I had no idea how much you held my life together I was like well mm. I was telling you <laughs> and so was my mum <laughs> um you know and uh you know he just he just it, it was invisible to him the stuff that I did I don't feel like we're helping this little sister particularly much to be like so anyway men are shit uh no no I think we are the thing is that there's there's no you can't so many of the questions that people sent in there's no easy answer to them because we have to be honest like the whole the whole point is to be honest and the truth is that you have standards for yourself, then you have to accept the fact that you that the options available to you are extremely limited. Because the standards that we have for ourselves will so rarely be met by men because men just don't try. Yeah. If I may offer just a little bit of sort of practical advice, which may not work for her at all, um, but is what kind of I ended up doing, which was that I, I that despite being Tinder translator, I, I gave up on Tinder. I used Bumble. I don't know. I assume, I don't know if she's Australian, but she, do you have Bumble? Yeah, in Australia? Bumble. yeah. I used Bumble and because I decided. Slightly I, more sophisticated level of fuckboy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's loads of fuckboys on there. Um, so one fuckboy who I met on Tinder once described Bumble as Tinder for people who can read, which showed you what his personality <laughs> was like. Um, right. What a dickhead. Um, but, um yeah so but what I did was the reason that I went on Bumble was because it's slightly less gross I felt like slightly less assaulted by the words of men on Bumble which not is not everybody's experience but also there's a bit on it where it says like what do you want something casual don't know yet relationship don't know yet by the way translates as something casual but I don't want to rule out all the girls who want a relationship um <laughs> I'd like to have something casual with you as well until you realize that I don't want a relationship. Um, so didn't, so I just swiped right on men who I liked the look of, whose bios I liked and who had a relationship in it. And then I checked with them now that she might not want this, but say, but then I checked with them as well. But when we we're chatting, by the way, you say you want a relationship. Is that, is that what you want? And loads of them were fucking just dickheads about it. Oh, well, I, I, you know, obviously I just want to like meet up and see how I'm like, I'm not saying, do you want a relationship with me, fool? I'm saying, do you, is that your end game? Is that what you've decided that you want for your life? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying if we go on a date, I am your girlfriend now. But, and then, and then I'd get guys going like, oh, I think you're just a bit too serious for me. <laughs> like, yeah, I am. 
I'm seriously out of your league. Um, and then when I, you know, <laughs> so, sorry, not sorry. Um, and then when I asked my the guy who's now my boyfriend, you know, said, so you say you want a relationship? I'm just checking because that's what I want. I, you know, I'm not like I'm not really into dating lots of people at the same time or whatever. He was like, yeah, that is what I want. I was like, cool, because I've been messed around a bit. He's like, yeah, I'm not messing around. Cool. So when we went into that, we were clear that that's both of our end game. Not that we met up and then were like, right, this <laughs> no. is it now. Shit. Yeah, you know, and that's why I've got a boyfriend. Mm. No, um, because, but I was, you know, we were clear about what we wanted. And I've got a friend who's re just recently got back into dating apps or well, got into them really. And she's really clear about what she wants with guys. And they often go like, oh, it's a bit serious for me. She's like, I'm not being serious I'm just being clear like that's all I'm doing I'm just going like uh I don't want it to just be that you come around to my house I want to still go out on dates even though we've seen each other a few times I don't want it to become like that and then they're like whoa stop being so serious like no she's just literally saying really basic shit um <laughs> but she's very aware of that so we have good chats about it and she shows every man she goes on dates with tinder translators which we think is a good litmus test for whether or not they can take yeah, so I follow quite a few different accounts like uh, Beam Me Up Soft Boy, Bad Dates of Melbourne, your account obviously, um, Awards for Good Boys, etc. And this is a, a very common motif that, you know, people, they're like, well, we've seen, seen each other for a while and um, then they said that I was getting too serious. It's like, well, um, I mean, it's totally fine if you just want to have something casual for a few months. That's fine. But if you're seeing someone a few times a week and you're going out to dinner and you're, you know, you're sleeping with them, you may be seeing other people as well, but you are also in a relationship with mm. that one person. And you may be in a relationship with two other people and it may be all out in the open, but like, it's not just casual at that point. Yeah. That's my view anyway. Other people might disagree. We're going to wrap this one up now though, yes. because we've got to get to questions. Um, <laughs> but yes, in short, I agree with you. It's really important to write down a list of exactly what it is that you want. What is your objective here? And we all, this is not just for this little sister, but all of us, whether or not we want to have a relationship, whether or not we want to date multiple people, whether or not we want to date men, women, or everybody, we all need to get better at saying, this is what I want and not being so afraid of like laying our cards out on the table. And as you say, it doesn't mean if you say I want a relationship, it doesn't mean I want a relationship with you. It just means that this is my end goal and I don't want to fucking waste my time mm -hmm. with people who in a few months are just going to make me feel shit about myself or make me feel like I can't express my needs and my wants because if I let them know that I am a human being with needs and wants, then they'll be put off by it and they'll say, well, it's just a bit too serious for me. Yeah. A Rose by Any Other Name writes, before I got married eight years ago, my husband and I talked about combining our surnames to create a new surname that we would both change to when we got married. We would use the first three letters of my surname and the last three letters of his. He isn't tied to his surname and I didn't have the best upbringing, so I wasn't overly tied to mine. I don't know what happened, but this didn't work out. I ended up with his name. I feel like this is one big regret of mine and I find myself thinking about it often. 
We have two children that are now in school and they have his surname, so I feel like it would make things confusing and complicated for them. But at the same time, I feel like I've let myself down by not having made this happen. I've spoken to my husband about it previously, and he's been very positive about doing this while maybe not understanding it fully. But one of my children doesn't want to do it. She's older, and I really want to be respectful of her thoughts and feelings. So I guess my question is, should I just get over it and let it go or not? Is this a silly and privileged way to be thinking? I'd really appreciate your perspective. Aileen. This happened to me. <laughs> Literally, um, when I was, uh, when my ex-husband was my boyfriend, I remember having this chat. I was reading something in a paper about a woman who, whose her and her husband's names were so similar that she couldn't have a double barrel. Like it was something like Appleby hmm. and Apple Yard or something. And she was like, I'm not. <laughs> um, so she she kept, yeah, so she kept her surname and people were like, like, are you going to, are you really going to go through with it about her keeping her surname? Like, like what, go through with what? Just retaining my identity. Yeah. Um, and then she was talking about how there was a conversation about what, which surname the kids would have and that everyone was then, you know, like, what? That is, it's one thing to keep your own surname, but you can't impose your surname on a child. Be, How you know, dare you? <laughs> outrageous. Um, but I remember reading that and, and talking with my uh, very sort of woke lefty uh, yoga doing boyfriend about how, yeah, I, d I wouldn't really want to change my name, but maybe we could like combine our names. And, and we were like, he was like really up for it in the theoretical times of not being engaged and uh, <laughs> not get, not marriage not being quite on the cards yet. And then, I mean, I'm still annoyed with myself really because I she says she, I don't know how it happened which is interesting I, I wonder if she, I wonder if that's the case or if it was just like oh let's just do my name and okay or whatever I don't know um what the situation was with her but I remember bringing it up and he was like actually I'm the last right so his surname is quite unusual it's like I'm the last like of the male line and it means a lot to my dad <laughs> and I was just like okay <laughs> ah it makes me so annoyed um I really, yeah, there's a lot I look back on in that in that relationship and just go, yeah. who were you? But I think that's something we could all relate to. Um, but yeah, so I, but I had in my head this thing, this like unicorn thing, despite the fact that I was brought up in a single parent family, by an amazing, strong, independent woman, surrounded by lefties and feminists. I still had this thing that I wanted a husband and children and a stable family unit and we we're all going to have the same name and so I changed my name to his name and I was like it's fine because we'll just because uh, also I had had I'd kind of flitted between uh, Quinn is my dad's name uh, it's on my birth certificate but my mum used her name sometimes because she was sick of being called Mrs Quinn when my dad was nowhere to be seen um, so she yeah so uh fun fact my parents are now together but anyway that's another podcast in itself I was surrounded by that I, I, because I'd flitted a little bit I changed my name I was like well I'm just going to stay with married to him forever and our children will have the same name we'll all have the same name and it won't be a problem cut to six years later but um and I changed my name back to my name um my thing is that I really empathized with like oh, how did I let this happen? Why did I do that? That's not what I wanted. I mean, I probably wanted to just keep my name, but I really liked the idea of us all having the same name. Um, why? 
it doesn't matter. Um, my son's uh, surname is not my surname, especially in 2020. That has no like, I mean, it might have been, um, you know, 20, 30 years ago when my mum was experiencing it. But now nobody assumes that you have the same surname as your child anyway, or at least not in my. Yeah, it's not like a big scandal. Yeah. And it's just it doesn't matter. It doesn't make me less his mum. Nobody's like, oh, you must have a fraught relationship. What with not having the same letters at the end of your name um you know it's just not a thing and my mum and my mum and I don't have the same surname and you know it doesn't matter um although when I did change my name back from my married name she was a bit like oh you're going with Quinn are you which <laughs> is <just> quite funny <laughs> I was like yeah mum you put it on my birth certificate it's your bloody problem um so but um but I really empathize I think it's really tricky I, I it's great that or, or it's as it should be that your husband isn't just like nah mate it's happened now uh, get over it love um I do have a big thing about children and cons and trying to teach my son consent and um autonomy over their their lives and their bodies so I would think it would be tr tricky to change all of your names if one of your children is old enough to say no to that and that that's what they're attached to and I that's not me saying you can't do this and it'd be really bad but that that would be my um, initial sort of reaction. What I would say, there's no reason that you can't change your name. You don't have to mm. have your, you know, there's no reason that this this woman can't have a different name. But if she feels like this is really like I've, this is not what I want. I want to have my name, my, you know, my my original name, or I want to have a different name families don't have to all have the same name is basically what I'm getting at so it doesn't have to be this big upheaval um but also you could talk to your child about why it is and you know the motherfucking patriarchy and they're never too young to learn about that maybe without the swears um and it might be that you can all come to something but I think that I don't think you have to, it's definitely not silly and I definitely empathize and I also think that you can change your own name at least if you really want to pick an yeah. entirely new name you yeah. didn't change it to a few you know, as you said, a fraught relationship with your own family growing up. I mean, this is such a a constant conversation. And I always mm. find, like if I was on my Facebook page or whatever, Facebook's a bit, well, anyway, <laughs> but separate topic. Um, but if I were to put it on Facebook, it always results in women who, and I get it, I get the, the feeling of like defending our choices and yep. there's always this sort of like argument well it was my choice to do it it was my choice to do it and isn't feminism about choice and it's like well feminism is not exactly about choice feminism is about liberating everyone from patriarchy and mm. we can make choices that are actually condoned by patriarchy and conditioned by patriarchy and that doesn't make them feminist it just makes them a choice and we should be punished for those choices but it doesn't make them inherently feminist yeah um it's about like well you know it was my choice to do it if it was really a choice equally as many men would be changing their names to their yeah you know their wives to be last names when men have fucked up relationships with their dads too and yet I only ever hear of women saying, well, I had a really terrible relationship with my dad, so I want to change my name. And I was, yeah. I feel like women want to justify, and I get it, because women are damned if they do and damned if they don't. They're damned either way. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's like my friend Dev says, she's met so many women who, who 
regret changing their name after they got married. And she's never met a woman who didn't change her name after she got married and regretted it because that choice is still always available to you. You can still always change your name if you want to. But the Mm -hmm. assumption that when you get married, if you're a woman marrying a man, the assumption that you will change your name to his is still deeply held by people to the point where some people say, well, what's the point of getting married if you're not going to change his name or change your name to his? (laughs) The institution of marriage and gay people from for so long is like naming rights. Yeah. The other thing as well that pisses me off is that people always say to women, uh, you know, if, if you have the argument about not changing your name, people will always say, well, what does it matter? It's your father's name anyway. As if somehow like it's okay, okay then to just be handed from one man to another. Like my yeah. last name does be my dad's name. But you know what? It's also my fucking name. I yeah. was born and given that name. It has been my name my entire life and it means something to me. It's not just my father's name. It's my name. Yeah. So I'm not going to take some other man's father's name because, you know, that's just the tradition. And this is the other thing. It's like women are always told it's just your father's name anyway. What does it matter? Yeah. But men are never told it's just your father's name because men get to own their name for themselves. Mm-hmm. Men get to say, well, I'm the last in my line, so I get to <laughs> yeah. go out and to inherit that legacy and be my own man and and that name then becomes mine. Mm. Women's names always are framed as belonging to someone else. And when we say, well, you know what, I actually want to keep my name for myself, it's this big scandal like, well, how could you do that to your children? How could you do that to your husband? How could you emasculate him in that way? I mean, how could I, you know, it's not my father's name. It's Aileen Quinn from Annie's name. That's what I've got to keep. (laughs) Uh, but also and also with names you know yes okay they come through the general generally come through the paternal line but there are often cultural things about those names uh for many people um my my father's father's family are um irish catholics republicans from Derry, and i like having an irish name aileen quinn is like being called helen smith in in it's very i don't know i like that and even though i'm not you know, yeah, I'm not uh, particularly close to my Irish heritage, but I like that it, there, it's there, and that yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that is that that it, that that heritage is my bloody father's father's <laughs> heritage, and not my mother's father's heritage or, or my mother's mother's heritage. Although actually, all over my family there's Irishness because um, that's just the way it is. But um, yeah, I just think. We don't get to, yeah, you're so right. We don't get to own our names in the same way. Like I would never change my name again um, unless I was in a witness protection program or something for, um, I don't know, beating up an abusive husband or something like that. I don't know. No, but um, I would never change my name again. And um, I'm sort of still a bit flabbergasted that I just went, okay, um, <laughs> at the point at that time. But um, so, yeah, I mean, she says, I don't know how it happened, but it did yeah. happen. And this actually is the case for so many women is that they're like, I don't really know what happened, but somehow it just happened. And that's the thing of the, the choice thing is that if it's the default and you choose it, is it really a choice? You know, when women say, well, I changed my name to his because I wanted to have the same last name as my kids. I mean, what a fucking number the patriarchy has done yeah. on us that it can 
say to you, you do the actual physical labor of building an entire human inside your body from scratch. Then you go through the risk, the risk of danger of pregnancy and birth. You know, we're one <sighs> yeah. in three birth trauma, one in three women fucking have a prolapse after they give birth. You go through all of that. And and then we're still going to make you believe that at the end of it all, the children just automatically get given his name. This yeah. is his. You've done everything, but he gets the naming rights. So mm-hmm. why I want to know why women, and I encourage women out there listening to this or anyone who uh, you know, has the capacity to have children and wants to have a child with a man. Well, let's just, okay, in a cis-hetero context, that's what mm-hmm. we're talking about here. Mm. If you're going to have a child with a man, question the impulse that surrounds that institution that tells you from the get-go that that child will get his name. Why? I mean, it, yeah. Why? It's actually, to me, it's actually wild that I have my dad's surname because my parents didn't even live together. They were in a long distance relationship. My dad is 11 years younger than my mum, go mum. And they were like sort of boyfriend and girlfriend and she got pregnant and, and he was like, cool. And they were together, but they weren't living together. He didn't ever live with us. And yet on my birth certificate, um, I mean, I think maybe they thought they might get married at some point, but they weren't even in the same house. And it's yeah. And my mum was a feminist, and they were they met through like socialist workers, you know, not socialist worker party, but one of those kind of socialist party eighties parties. And yet, still on my birth certificate, there it is, my father's name. And it's interesting. I mean, I guess that that's a long time ago, but still, it's like, wow. Did did was there any? Did anyone consider? not doing that or it's just the default and I would have said exactly what these women said I I chose it and I chose it for these reasons and I did make a choice um but I you know that I made a choice based on the fact on all of the patriarchal bullshit that we've just discussed that I wanted to have the Mm. same name as my kids and I wanted us to all have the same name and I you know and that my husband had said he wasn't going to change it so I just changed mine instead you know and, um, yeah, because in that situation, patriarchy enables men to be able to hold their ground in yeah. a way that it doesn't enable women to. You know, it's interesting that the question is never, well, if he so desperately wants to have the same last name as his children, he can change his name to her name, uh-huh. except that's not what he wants. He doesn't want to have the same last name as his children. He wants his children to have the same last name as him. Mm, exactly. And interestingly, actually, I've got a couple of friends um who got married in the last few years one of whom met on tinder hope for us all um and they Mm -hmm. they've gone both of them gone double barreled so two two different couples heterosexual couples and they both both parties have double barreled their names they have the luck of their name sounding good together as well which always helps but um one of the guys was saying that the 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 white the woman in the relationship after they got married everyone just started calling her the a double-barreled name. It was very easily accepted in her workplace and stuff. Whereas he was like, "This is my name now," and it just uh, didn't. Uh, oh, okay. Sorry, and it just people just don't use it for him. Like it's not that he doesn't have it on his social media, and I'm sure he's changed his email or whatever. But it just people don't use it, even though you know he said like, "This is my name now," and with for her, everyone uses it. So even when you do do something a bit 
like more equal <laughs> the world is just like mm. yeah but like you're still called this really aren't you like it was nice of you to do the, the double barrel thing like it's really nice of you to like let her have that she's like fucking bit of a fucking pussy whipping feminist yeah. isn't oh she? yeah she... i can't but believe you let her do that at work we won't have to subject you to that terror yeah, um, wink. It is so revealing, isn't it, that we're like, and you'd be told this all the time too, oh, everything's equal now, what's your problem? You're like, wow, the world <laughs> is so equal. And yet it's still completely threatened by the idea of a man double-barreling his last name to match his wife's or even taking her name. Like how many people have you, anecdotally have you heard say, well, you know, he took her last name and then like the people around them horrified by it, horrified, huh. like, how could she do this to him? Yeah. How could she be making him do this? Mm-hmm. Or just like, it just, it's just, wow. Or like, or isn't he, a, like, if it's a more like left wing, like liberal circle or something, it's like, oh my God, what an amazing guy. I can't believe that he would do that. You know, it's too, it's not too late for this little sister to change her name. And I actually think that would be an incredibly powerful thing to model to her children. It'd be and so great. For, Later on, lots of lots of adult children change their names mm-hmm. later on. Um, so you you never know. Um, you could even change your name with your husband. You know, make him back up what you originally discussed. It, you can have mm-hmm. different names. My son has his name, which is a double-barreled version of both of his parents. So uh-huh. three members of the family were also co-parenting. So we have, a, you know, kind of like a non-nuclear model. Everyone gets mm-hmm. along very well. We've all three of us got different last names. Guess what? It's fine. Um, yeah. And and anyone else listening, like I actually get a few questions. There was another person who submitted something along these lines. They haven't yet had a child, but they're having this discussion. So people are talking about these things all the time in their relationships. And I guess I would just strongly urge that if you are a woman who is planning on marrying a man and you are having this discussion with him, don't make the decision straight away. Don't get married and immediately sign your name over. Just like let uh-huh. it sit for a bit and see yeah. how you feel about it. In fact, I would even urge you to wait until after you had children to see how you feel about that because guess what else happens? A lot of women change their names to their husband's name, have children and give the children his name and then they break up. Either change her name back like you did and doesn't have the same last name as her children or she's left with the last name of this dickhead. Long and the short of it is, little sister, it's not too late to change your name and also to everyone else, don't change your name. (laughs) In conclusion. You've been listening to The Big Sister Hotline, a weekly advice podcast that delivers no-nonsense words with love from the kind of people you know have your back, your big sisters. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else you look for great content. And you can also listen to all the back episodes. If you do like the show, then please consider rating it and reviewing it because not only do I like to have the feedback, but it also helps to throw the podcast into the path of other listeners. If you like it, you can also support the ongoing making of it at my Patreon, which is www.patreon.com forward slash Clementine Ford, where pledges of more than $10 per month receive access to a bonus monthly episode of the hotline, only available for download to subscribers. 
And if you have a question you'd like answered, you can submit it to bigsisterhotline at gmail.com. And don't worry, all submissions are treated as totally anonymous. We're Big Sisters and we've got your back. My guest this week has been Aileen Quinn, defender of women's romantic integrity everywhere, hero, warrior, excellent human. Aileen, what's up next? You mentioned in my intro that I write plays and I haven't done one for a while, so I'm trying to get back into that a little bit. But I'm also uh, I'm going to be relaunching my Patreon on Tinder Translator. Um, I kind of just gave up on it for a bit, but I'm going to be doing that again. So some extra content for people who might be into it and also a way to support my work um, and, you know, name it as work, um, even though it's just just social work, social media. No, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's so gross how we kind of like feel obliged to, you know, justify its work. And even if it's, even like I think that it's doing a social service, but -hmm. also even if it were just like this is a fucking funny account and she's providing comedy for you, like that's still content, it's still work and you deserve to be paid Mm -hmm. for it. So that is excellent when you you relaunch that. Uh, In fact, do it this week so that people can come and find you from listening. You can follow Aileen on Instagram at Tinder translators. And I'll just let you know as well that um, we've, in this particular episode, we've answered two questions, but we did answer a third one that was um, quite serious and carries a huge content note on it for domestic abuse and sexual violence. I'll be releasing that as a special bonus episode because I wanted to give people the opportunity to listen to that at their, uh, to, to, to make the choice of when they listen to that rather than have that question sprung on them in the middle of this. So that will be a separate episode that you can tune into, but please, again, just be aware that it does carry a big content on it. Aileen, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you. Oh, it's been so great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, please come back actually. That would be good. Yeah. Every day. I mean, yeah, we could have talked for probably 17 hours, I reckon. So <laughs> I was actually just thinking that, that, you know, there could be a whole series. Um, maybe I'll release <laughs> three bonus episodes. <laughs> anyway, I look forward to seeing you translate the old Tinder on the Instagram. It's very funny. If you haven't checked it out, please do do that. It's brilliant. It's feminist. It's wise. It's excellent. And more than, more importantly than anything, it has curated an incredible group of feminists in you know sitting in humor and solidarity with each other and I definitely love that Mm. remember there's no topic too thorny and no question too weird for the big sister hotline we're here for all the questions you don't want to ask your therapist especially now that it has to be over zoom so contact us instead the big sister hotline the phone lines are open Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.